and welcome to another edition of Top Rope Report. Here's your host, Mr. Trivia. Here we go. Ready? Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another live edition of Top Rope Report here on Facebook Live, Google Podcast, and Spotify. I'm your host, the illustrious Mr. Trivia. Joining me every week, as usual, my co-host, my tag team partner, my best friend, the best in the business, the Nokia Greg, and Mr. 24-7. Guys, good morning. What's going on? Morning. 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 So, Friday Night Smackdown we're going to be talking about tonight. And, uh, you know, do a little uh, discussion about NXT Vengeance Day. And going to debut our new segment today. So, we hope everybody will uh, check it out. So, whenever you guys are ready, DJ, you'll start us off. And, Greg, what do we got? What are we working with this morning? Um, well, well, we're working with SmackDown. <laughs> um, <clears throat> SmackDown opened up with Logan Paul coming down to the ring. Um, so Mr. 24-7, take over from there. All right. <clears throat> so he comes out and starts, you know, talking his shit. He talks to the crowd. Starts talking about how he's the best, this, that. Um, and then he says he underestimated KO, that, you know, KO really did a lot better than he thought he would, which I don't know why he would think that. I mean, he knows who KO is. He's a big badass. And, but, yeah, so he says he did a lot. He said he even did more damage to me than Floyd Mayweather did. So that was funny to me. Yeah. And he still and still lost, he said. Um and he talked some shit about Seth and Punk being hurt or something. I don't know why he brought that in, but, um, you know, Logan, he just stood there and talked and talked. KO comes out um, and kind of tells Logan, you know, nobody wants to hear you. I ain't done talking. You know, close your mouth. Um, and said about how he basically knocked, you know, knocked Logan to hell there. He knocked his lights out. And Logan says, KO gets in the ring, and Logan's like, you know what? Well, that was your last, you know, that was your only chance um, that you get for this title. Um, and KO came back, called him an unbearable idiot, which I thought also was funny. He always comes through with, with calling somebody something. Um, and then he gave props to the ref, talking about, you know, the ref did a good job. He did his job. He seen that I had the knocks, da-da-da. Um, and he went back and forth a little bit. And then, oh, and Logan said, you fell for it. I basically set you up by doing that. You know, the, the knocks was all set up. So I thought it was a cool little angle there. But overall, I gave it a B minus. It was it was all right. <laughs> Excuse me. Okay, Trib, what did you think? All right, Tom Butler's tuning in. Tom, thanks for uh, tuning in. I hope you're doing well, my friend. Uh, yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, Logan Paul, he's, he's, you know, I think he's getting a lot better on the mic. Um, but yeah, he was just talking a lot of smack, you know, saying like DJ said, you know, how he set up Kevin Owens. And I'm really looking forward to a rematch between these two. I don't know if it's going to be an Elimination Chamber or if they're going to be an Elimination. I don't know how, that, how they're going to work that. But I think it'll be an interesting rematch between the two of them because KO, you know, he's no flash in the pan. He's been around for a long time, and he knows his way around the ring. So I think he, I think the next time 
he gets a chance to beat, uh, he gets a chance to meet Logan Paul, he'll probably be a lot more wary of what's going on if he throws something in the ring to try to use. I think he'll use his smarts in the ring, and uh, I think it'll be a, a lot better of a rematch than the first match was. I gave it to B as well. Okay. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it was good. Um and I'll agree with pretty much, I mean, there's really not much more I can say to add to this that hasn't already been said. Um, I mean, the only thing that's interesting is the fact that it was reported that Kevin Owens wrestled the match with a fractured foot against Logan Paul, but I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't have a, I don't have feet anymore. I don't know how painful it is, but I'm, I'm, a, I would assume a fracture needs to heal, but he didn't limp, wasn't anything, nothing on his foot. Um, and then wrestled the match after that. But so maybe that report wasn't accurate. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a, it was a, Decent segment. It was an okay way to open SmackDown, I guess. Um, I'll, I'll give it a B minus. Okay. After that, we then went to a singles matchup um, where it was Austin Theory taking on Kevin Owens. Triv, what did you think of the match? I thought the, I, I thought the match was pretty good. I mean, you know, both, uh, both guys going at it, you know, using their – their uh, finishing moves, you know, Kevin Owens and Austin Theory have a little bit of history together, so I was kind of looking forward to watching this match to see how it was going to turn out, you know, both guys going at it, a couple of, you know, two count, close to three, then Logan Paul throws the knucks in the ring, and Kevin Owens uses them, and hits, him, hits Austin Theory with it, but then he smartened up and hit him from the rep, I think he put him in his trunks, and... You know, he kind of hid that away from the referee, so that was a pretty smart thing he did on that. I enjoyed the match. I thought it was pretty good. Grayson Waller, I thought he would have gotten involved a lot more than he did, but um, overall, I thought it was a good match. I gave it a B plus. Okay. Um, yeah, I agree. It was a good match. Uh, I mean, awesome theories. You know, he's good, and then it just, I mean, his pairing with Grayson Waller is just. I personally think it just can be a matter of time before they decide to turn one of them face and they go at each other because that's what WWE does. Um, but I mean, I was I was glad that Grayson Waller didn't get involved anywhere near as much as he you would think he would have. You know, the brass knuckles once again was a nice little play on what happened <coughs> at Royal Rumble. Um, but this was was definitely you know a good match. Um, one thing I did forget to mention about before um, was, is it, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but whenever I hear Logan Paul's music or that scream starts, it reminds me of Apollo, Apollo Cruz's um, song, you know, and then so every time that starts, I always think he's coming out, but that's a different note. Um, but yeah, it was a good competitive match. Uh, I mean, obviously you knew Kevin Owens was going to win because Austin Theory is one of those quote unquote lovely losers. Um, and I'll give this match a B. Okay. 
Mr. 24-7. Um, I agree with you both. It was uh, it was definitely a really good match. Uh, I, I really like how Theory looks, man. He He's in there. He, he did some wild stuff here, and he usually does. Um, and I'm kind of looking forward to them breaking up because I, I think I can get behind a babyface theory. I'm pretty sure I could. I'm kind of liking it. Um, the match was really good. We got KO's in there. You could tell he's pissed off that Logan's there sitting on commentary. Just And Logan talked and talked and talked the whole time. He's talking shit. Um, and you had Waller outside talking his shit. And, you could, and what I like about Grayson, every time Theory take, took like a big bump and, and there was a bunch of them that he took, Waller just his faces were so good um so I gotta give him a little bit of props there um but KO ended up doing his little swan time from the top looked good looked hard I'm like yep there could be it nope then Theory comes through with the craziest move it was awesome he did like a somersault type of reverse cutter looking thing it was it was awesome I'm like dude that was cool so they did some good stuff for being just a match on on a uh, on TV. So Logan comes out, hands it, theory knocks. KO's like, yeah, ain't happening. Took him, did his thing. Um, I, I also agree with you, Nug. I like that they kind of did that again, coming off of what they did on Rumble, where he kind of hit it this time, got away with it. So it was good. Match was good. I went B. All right. After that, we then went to a fatal four-way tag team contenders match where it was the LWO, Joaquin Wilder and Cruz del Toro taking on Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate versus Legado del Fantasma, which was Angel and Humberto versus Pretty Deadly, Elton Prince and Kit Wilson. Um, I get to lead off for this one. And it was stated during this match that there was going to be another Fatal 4-Way on Monday where the winner of that match faces off against the winner of this match. Um, There'll be more about those four teams in Nuggies News. Um, But yeah, I mean, this was a pretty good match. I don't normally like... I mean, well, I shouldn't say normally like. I don't like when they do a fatal four-way tag team match or a triple threat tag team match, when it's not typical fatal four-way or triple threat rules. If it's a fatal four-way, there should be one member from each team in there at all times. Agreed. But they don't do it. They, they, they don't do it. But they'll still call it a fatal four-way. Okay, whatever. Um... But this was a good match, and like I said, I usually don't like when they do these matches, but I like this one. It was pretty good. Um, I mean, they had some fantastic moves, some fa- some ta- fantastic sequences. Um, they set it up once again where um, I think it was Joaquin Wild was – I forget which one is which, but he was on the middle rope and the other three guys slingshot him off the rope and he goes flying through the air um, like Superman and Spider-Man or any, you know, superhero would. Um, And 
didn't, I mean, they did it on NXT, but he didn't get quite the same height. I don't know if it's because Carlito's a little stronger than Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate, but, you know, still, it was still a pretty cool segment. Um, then, you know, they had the Hurricane Ron after Hurricane Ron after Hurricane Ron and just going back and forth. It was a high-flying match um, that I really enjoyed. Still can't get over the fact that Tyler Bate looks like um, a large midget when he walks around with his trunks on. Um, but I'm starting to be okay with him. Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate won, putting them in a match against whoever comes out of the Fatal 4-Way on, on Monday Night Raw. Um, I'll give this a B-. minus. Okay. Um, Mr. 24-7. Uh, yeah, I got to agree. It was all right. It wasn't horrible. I usually I usually don't like these, to- these sort of matches either. And like you said, especially the way they're doing it, you know, I just, I don't know. It's its a cool concept, I guess, being that you can tag anyone, but it's not, that's not a fatal four-way map, you're, like you said. So that kind of bothered me, and it kind of turned me off a little bit. Um, but Pete Dunn and Bate, man, I, they're good. They are a good tag team, and I like that they put them together, and I like that they won this match, too, because I wouldn't mind seeing them even be champs at, at, some, at some point here. Um, but they all did their thing here. There was times where all four teams got their stuff in. So high flying shit, like you said, it was cool. The, the, the spot on the outside where he says, you know, let's go viral or you want to go viral or something. And then they did that spring move. It was cool. Um, but yeah, Don and Bate hit their, hit their little finish at the end, got the win. And because it was over one of the, one of the little fair Harry boy one got pinned, but one of them got pinned, and that made it that made it better for me. Um, but I'll go. I'll agree and go B minus here. All right, Mister Trivia. Right. Yeah, I I kind of match. I mean, you got a lot of fast guys in this match. I mean, these guys were. I mean, a lot of guys in this match they were quicker than a hiccup. I mean, they're just moving all around the ring and. You know, Pete Dunn and Tyler Bate, like DJ said, you know, great tag team. Um, if they keep together, I think they'll go pretty far. It'll be interesting to see who they're going to face. I'm interested to see who the four tag teams are going to be from Raw, um, to see who's going to go against Tyler Bate and Pete Dunn. I just, I, I enjoyed the match. I mean, DJ, you know, one of your guys on your favorite tag team there got pinned, you know, pretty deadly. But uh, I kind of figured they would take the loss. But I, there was a, and like Greg said, you know, that, that match where they launched him off, that move where they launched him off the ropes. Man, that guy was like, he went a long way. And that was that was an amazing move. I, I enjoyed the match. I gave it a B plus. Okay. Well, after that, we then had, um, well, there was earlier, there, earlier in the show, there was a little segment backstage with EO Sky, Kyrie Sane, and Asuka, or EO Sky said that um, Bailey is done tonight. He then panned to the back of the little locker room area, and Bailey was standing in the doorway. Um, 
We then had the segment where Bailey makes her WrestleMania decision. Um, both Nick Aldis and Adam Pierce were in the ring to welcome Bailey. Mr. 24-7, you lead us off. All right. Um, to me, like I love it. I control the mic. All right, the audio is totally botched up yeah. on my end. I don't know about you guys. It is on my end, too. It's yeah, throw me off. Yeah, I'm just starting to hear the echo now. Everything was going so good, too. Yeah, for a whole 15 minutes. Oh. Uh, like you said, like we said before in the past, I mean, you can't do the show this hard. Mr. 24-7, once again, what'd you think? Yeah, really, really, really liked it. They, you know, Damage Control comes out and Bailey takes a mic and she says, you know, when it comes to Mania, I, I held, defended both of the titles and the tag titles. I even hosted the show. She's like, but this year was different because I had my girls with me. Um, you know, they, they were there for me the whole time. We were a family. And just kind of looking at him like, you know, we were a family. Um, and she says, for me to be the best, I have to beat the best. She says, that comes to Rhea. And then she's like, well, or I can go a different route, you know, fight a different fight, um, which I loved. She looks at EO, you know, I'm like, yes. Um, and she, she, start, she talks a little more. She's like, comes down to basically proving people wrong. The people that you thought were your friends. And she starts calling out everybody, Kyrie and Asuka, and Io, you know, basically asking them why. Da, da, da. Then they, uh, Asuka and Kyrie kind of make their way behind her attacker. Like, there it is. We got it. Um, Bailey finds a pipe. It was just there behind the stairs. Cool. Finds the pipe, brings it in, gets them. Um, I think she she hits Asuka and Kyrie. Boom, they get out, and she goes to hit EO, and EO goes to swing the title on their face to face. And EO had the facials like she was scared, and I thought that was a really good, you know, part of the segment that she's showing that the fear there, because you know Bailey's like, "I'll see you at Mania." I love it, man, and I loved every bit of this. Um, I gave it an A minus because I thought this was just so perfect the way that they did this. You know, they had a nice lead up, nice build up to it, and we all knew it was coming. So being that I knew it was coming, the way they did it still made me like, damn, that was good. 
So, yeah, I went A minus. This was the best part of the show by far, in my opinion. Okay, Mr. Trivia. Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, I would, it's been, I read somewhere that it's been five years since Bailey's been a face. And um, I think this is, this was a long time coming. I mean, she did a great job when she first bought Damage Control in. <laughs> and. You know, she started getting a little bit cocky, a little full of herself, but that's Bailey. That's who she is. And um, I just thought that I, I thought one of the best parts of it was when she looked at him and said, "Are you done laughing?" And then she spoke something in Japanese, and the looks on their faces were, you know, Bailey's like, "Yeah, I've been I've been hearing you guys talk behind my back." And then I saw Kyrie and Oscar move behind her, and that's when I said, "Well, there's where they're going to jump her." And it was, you know, we knew it was going to happen. We we've talked about it on the show quite a bit. We've talked about it off the off the air when it was going to happen. Um, I really think that Oscar that um, Bailey versus Kyrie is going to be a tremendous match in Mania. Bailey versus Eo. Bailey versus Eo. I'm sorry. At um, at Mania is going to be a really great match. I I enjoyed watching it. I gave the segment an A. Okay. Yeah. And. As you've all, as you both already had said, I mean, we knew this was coming. Um, realistically, from the moment Asuka joined Damage Control, you could see where was the faction was going to start to to splinter off and split apart. Um, I, I loved when Bailey said, "You know, sometimes the people you thought were your friends, sometimes you have to prove them wrong." Um, and then the look and and the on the face of everybody in the ring um, and kind of the collective gasp from the announce table when Bailey turned around and spoke in Japanese. I thought it was great. You know, I, I've heard you guys talk behind my back, everything you've saying, you know, and, you know, it, it was great. It really was. I agree with you, DJs. You knew it was coming, but still you, when it happened was like, yes, here we go. Um, and, and yes, I'm looking forward to, to Bailey getting um, her huge WrestleMania moment. I mean, like you said, two years ago she she hosted WrestleMania, but that's you know as a prominent person in a women's division to to just be thrown in as the host, eh, you know, to now most likely getting a big WrestleMania moment where she wins the title. I, I think yeah. it's going to be great. Um, I, I agree with both you guys. I, I'm going to go uh, uh, A- minus as well. Okay. All right. After that, guess what? We had another in-ring segment. Um, as it was Bobby. Actually, no, wait a minute. Wasn't this supposed to be a match? Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, it was a sick man. Yes, that's Supposed right. Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits um, taking on a final testament, which is the authors of Pain and Caring Cross. Uh, Trivia, you get to lead us off. Well, I'm going to give you my grade right off the bat. I gave this a C- minus because I wanted to see a match. The match never really started. They just went in there, beat the hell out of each other, then all of a sudden, this lady in, in, red, in red hair comes in. It was B-Fab. 
It's like, well, what the hell is she doing in here? She took care of Scarlett. Um, I was really looking forward to seeing a match between these two. And, it, and like I said, it never really got started. Hopefully we'll see something from that at uh, Elimination Chamber because I'm really looking forward to seeing what these guys are going to do against each other. And I think it's going to be a hard-hitting, brutal match when it happens. But because there was no match and it didn't get started, I graded it as C-minus. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, Bobby Lashley spearing, carrying cross. And like you said, it all just kind of fell apart before anything really even happened. Um, it's not even listed on cage match, which is where I go for all the results and all, all the things. It's not even listed on there as a match. So realistically, there was no official match. Um, and I mean, you gotta, if you remember, I mean, it, it's been a couple months, but when Bobby Lashley was kind of courting Street Profits, there were several times where we saw B-Fab talking backstage with Bobby Lashley. And you know what? Having her come out, I, I guess we're now going to get a, a female member and, and maybe this is a, a, a SmackDown's version of Judgment Day. Um, not that B-Fab's ever going to be Rhea Ripley, but, you know, you, you know, three guys and a girl. It sounds like a, a bad sitcom. Um, but, you know, there I mean, really not much to grade. Uh, you know, there was no match, but I guess it was nice that they're finding something for B-Fab. Um, eh, I'll go C-minus as well. All right. Mr. 24-7. Yeah, this is a big waste of time. Um, you know, it's sad to see Bobby Lashley. I mean, it's sad to see them all, but especially Bobby to be just in these kind of little filler dog go waste three, four minutes, five minutes or whatever. And it was stupid. They get in. The ref didn't have control from the very beginning. You knew right then, all right, we're not even getting a match here, and we didn't. So it was a big waste of time. Yeah, he hit a nice spear at the end, and, and B-Fab coming in fine. There was a couple little cool things, but it sucks. It, you know, it there was nothing. I, I, I have to go C-minus also. I wish we could have got more here. Okay. Um, there are a couple small little backstage segments that are worth mentioning. There is one that showed Naomi coming out of Nick Aldis's, um office, um, being congratulated by a few of the girls backstage, Bianca, Meechin, Shotzi, uh, that she had signed her SmackDown contract, and then out from the locker room comes Tiffany Stratton, as she then announced that she is now a newest, the, one of the newest members of the SmackDown roster, um, led to a little slap to the face, which led to a match, um, there's also a backstage segment where um, Ron Breaker was in talking with Nick Aldis and had a SmackDown contract in his hand, but then 
And then Pierce showed up. He then said he was going to be going and talking to um, Adam Pierce on Monday. And then right after that, Jade Cargill walks in. So it looks like they're potentially um, getting ready to place Brown Breaker officially on the main roster full time. Um, obviously, we know Jade Cargill is going to be there, but where is she going to be? We then had the matchup of Meechin versus Tiffany Stratton. It was Tiffany Stratton's main roster debut. Uh, granted, she was in a Royal Rumble match, but this was her first singles match. Um, I get to lead us off with this one. Um, I don't. I don't know. I. I. It was. It was an okay match, but. I think I expected more out of the crowd. I didn't get much out of the crowd, which made for some of the things in the match to really fall short. Um, I, I think I, I think Tiffany will do good on the on the main roster. Uh, I mean, I don't think she's going to be in you know championship contention right off the bat, but. I don't know if putting her in the ring with Meechin for her first match was was a good thing because Meechin's just Meechin. She she's kind of liked and but she's not a fan favorite, so you don't really get the big heel thing from Tiffany Stratton by beating, you know, a fan favorite. So uh, we'll have to see where that goes with there. But it was an okay match. Um, you know, the uh, Alabama slammer that Tiffany Stratton delivered, she does things very well. She knows how to sell moves. She knows how to take moves. I think she's going to do well on the main roster. Just this wasn't one of my favorite matches. I gave it a C. Okay. Mr. 24-7, what did you think? Um, like you said, it was okay, Matt. It, I mean, it wasn't horrible. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't great. But it was her first match on here, and I thought she did pretty good. Um, if I had to say something at the end when she did her backflip, her uh, moonsault there at the end, she totally went flying over her. And I think only really her top of her arms and hands got her. She she definitely overdid that one, but yeah, that really is all I can really say. You know, she did good, man. Like you said, that Alabama slam that that baby hurts. It's gotta hurt. You know, it looks like it does. She she's good, and I agree. She will be good. I think maybe a little while, let her get in there and have more matches, and she'll become good. Um, I also have to agree with you on on Meechin being her first opponent. I they probably should have went. I'm trying to think of who, but it probably should have been someone a little different. Um, but we got meeting and whatever. It was okay. Um, I went C+. Plus. I just kind of wish it was a little bit different for her first match, but she did look good. All right, Mr. Trivia. Yeah, I definitely agree with what Greg was saying, what DJ was saying. I mean, you know, I think Tiffany Stratton is going to be a big – big integral part and a productive part on the, on the women's SmackDown roster. Um, she does well in the ring. 
you know, like DJ said, that moonsault she did, she didn't plan that one too well. She kind of jumped out a little too far. But when she came out, it was like, oh, it's tippy time on SmackDown. So, and Meech and I noticed during the match, she was picking her up and she called her Mia. And I heard that. I was like, well, that was kind of weird. You don't hear too many people call her Mia Yim anymore. But, um, but yeah, I, I expected a little bit better. And, you know, like Greg said, it was Meech and it wasn't one of the major stars to see how well Tiffany Stratton would have done. But I gave it a C plus as well. Okay. Well, after that, we then went to the next in-ring segment of the night, as it was Cody Rhodes' decision. Mr. 24-7, you get to lead us off. All right. Um, to me, honestly, I hated it. I did not. I, to me, this whole thing is so dumb. Um um, they come out, you know, and Roman does his thing, acknowledge me, blah, 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 talks his stuff. He starts talking about his little brother, Seth Rollins. And we didn't get the pop. Like, they didn't sing or nothing. And, and Roman even says it. Ah, no pop, just like I thought. I thought that was decent. Um, but he says, you know, the best title or – he, oh, he, you know, Seth says, I I got the best title, da-da-da. And Roman's like, well, I beat all of the competitors for that title, he said. Um, so that's like, what do you call it? The loser's bracket. It like the loser's <laughs> title or something? Yeah, yeah. the loser's yeah. bracket title. Um, so, you know, Roman threw out, uh, you know, a couple a couple jabs here and there that, that, made, that made that part of the segment. But... Um, I hate, I hate it, I hate it because Cody comes out and what did he say when he first came out? Oh, um, he wanted everyone to leave. He's like, I need this conversation to be just kind of me and you. Um, he's like, is he? And they asked him like, is finishing the story taking the title from you or taking everything from you? And I like that. You know, it everything that that Cody says right here to me, I'm like. This is how it needs to be and should be. And then he says, I'm taking that title from you, but not at WrestleMania. And I'm just like, this boy just won the, the Rumble again. After winning last year and getting screwed at Mania, he wins again. And we're not getting the match. And it's because of The Rock, really? So The Rock comes out, place goes nuts, and he takes five minutes to get to the ring and he comes in he says some shit to cody and you could tell on, on cody's face he's you could tell he's so upset you could see it on his face how upset he is and he just leaves and then rock just they just stare at each other they didn't say nothing they didn't do nothing they just stared at each other this is so so bad to me so sad it they're making the Look, The Rock is The Rock, and I would love to see The Rock and Roman anytime, except here. You know, it's not right, man. Cody's getting so screwed. I don't know. And I know I missed a lot in there, but I just hate it, man. I went C minus. I'm so upset about it. Wow. Okay. Yep. Trivia. 
Yeah, I, I kind of agree with a lot that DJ said. I mean, what's the purpose of having Cody Rhodes win the Royal Rumble? Well, we all know that CM Punk originally was supposed to win the Royal Rumble, but he got hurt, so they kind of went on the fly, and Cody Rhodes ended up winning. But, I mean, he he wants to go. He already said he wants to go after the title. He wants Roman Reigns' title. If he wants Roman's title, then why are they, why are they looking to put the rock against Roman Reigns, I mean, technically, where does that leave Seth? Where does that leave Cody? Uh, against Seth? I don't know. We'll have to see. Um, but yeah, I kind of, I really didn't like this segment too much. I mean, it would have been nice to see the Rock and Roman exchange some words. I know I saw a video where Rock, you know, made a few comments after the show went off the air, but it's just, um, it, it just wasn't that good. I gave it a C plus. Okay. Um, yeah, there's so much to dive into at this. There really is. Um, yes, Cody Rhodes winning the Royal Rumble, getting a chance to main event at WrestleMania, and then being quote-unquote bypassed for The Rock. Well, he, that's why I say quote-unquote bypassed because... I think that was a plan all along, The Rock and Roman. But CM Punk got hurt, so he doesn't get his Seth Rollins match. They were probably going to have to come up with something else for Cody. Well, what are we going to do with Cody? How can we do things with Cody? And then on the fly, quote-unquote, on the fly, they have to rewrite their whole storyline, and this is what we get. Um... I mean, Cody uh, Roman, I mean, it was, he was, I mean, this was one of the better Roman segments I've seen in a long time. Um, I, I mean, talking about Seth, he says, I work 10 times less than you and make 10 times more than you. Um, yeah. Cody, I'm not going to beg you like the other guy. You can be the world's best number two. Or you can take another crack at number one. I mean, just the things that Roman delivered in that. You know, the laugh that he gave when he was talking about Seth even mimicked Seth's laugh. Um, and then Cody comes out, says, you know, like you guys said, you know, um, does finish the story mean taking that title or taking everything. So, I think everybody's looking at the fact that Roman Reigns and The Rock, The Rock is, is stepping over and pushing Cody aside, and Cody's getting screwed as of 9.14 this morning. There is a video on YouTube about the segment, the whole 18-minute segment. Um, and, yes, it has over 300,000 dislikes. The most disliked WWE video ever on YouTube. You want to know what else it has? As of 9-14, four million nine thousand eight hundred and ninety two views 
That's it. That's the reason they're doing this. And I also think at this point, Cody has enough um, pull. And if he truly didn't like what was going on or how this was going to go down, I don't think they would have done it this way. I really don't. I've seen things that, you know, we never got anything stating that they were going to be fighting at WrestleMania um, and all kinds of other different stories and this and that. But if Cody wants to help take everything from Roman Reigns, why, I mean, why else are we going to get up at 5 a.m. in the morning to watch a premium live in Perth unless we get Cody versus Roman in Australia? Where right. step one, Cody Rhodes takes a title from Roman Reigns, and then The Rock takes his place at the head of the table as the true tribal chief at WrestleMania, completely destroying Roman Reigns. And that's it. Everything's done. So when I look at all that, and and we got this power, I mean, the crowd just, the roof came off. They had to surgically and constructionally put the roof back on the building. A promo with no words. I mean, dude, guys, this was great. I gave this an A minus. I really oh, loved it. I really loved it. All right. So overall grades? Overall, I, I mean, yes. We had more in-ring segments and stuff going on than we had matches. But the matches we got were, were all good. I loved this show. I gave this show a B plus. The DJ Culver. All right. I got C plus. The, the ending did it, my man. The ending did it. I, 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 you make sense. You make a lot of sense and make me look at it now a lot different. Um, I, I think maybe to me, just the whole buildup of everything that's happening and even the segment before the rock came out, even with everything that they've said to each other, like, I feel like they just did too good of a job at the buildup to have this, result i guess maybe that's that's what i don't know it sucks but i get it and your your thing saying that if maybe he does it at elimination chamber oh okay i'm down with it but i'm going c plus okay. all right uh yeah guys before i give you my grade um i want to send out condolences i just received word um on my page that a young lady that I worked with Friday at Goodwill passed away this weekend. And um, I just want to send out condolences to her family, the Luciano family from Marin. Um, so I just wanted to, you know, make, make mention of that. I mean, I worked with this girl Friday at the job and, you know, she was, she, she was a wonderful, wonderful woman and may she rest in peace yes um yeah i i i mean i gave it i gave it a b minus um greg you you hit the nail on the head with those points i mean a promo with nothing being said 
anything than when you say something. And the crowd just went crazy. I mean, will it make a difference if Cody wins the title from Roman at Mania or wins it at Elimination Chamber if they have the match? No, I don't think so. As long as he wins the title, I think, you know, it'll be still finishing the story. But I gave it a B- also. Okay. So, all right. So that was our SmackDown recap for Friday, February 2nd. And right now we're going to go to Nuggies News. So, Greg... Take it away. All right. Thank you. Um, well, first and foremost, as we spoke about on SmackDown, um, there is a fatal, well, I'll say quote-unquote, fatal four-way matchup for the, uh, I guess, top contender on Monday Night Raw. And Adam Pierce this morning on um, X made it official. The four teams from Monday Night Raw that will be in the matchup will be DIY, The New Day, Imperium, and The Creed Brothers. Um, So they will have a matchup. The winner of that faces um, Butch and Tyler Bate. I don't know when that match happens. Um, I I don't know. Did they happen? I don't know if you guys ever... Recall them saying when that match happens. I know the winner of that match faces the Judgment Day at Elimination Chamber, but is it going to be at Elimination Chamber? Is it on a SmackDown? Is it on a Raw? But I guess we'll have to find out. Um, My money is on the Creed Brothers. What? My money is on the Creed Brothers. Nah, DIY. No offense, but... I think DIY. Yeah. Okay. Um, unless they're going to wait and hold off on a DIY match till WrestleMania, but I, I don't know. Um, oh, geez, there's so many things I have here. Um, let's start with this one. Um, pull up an article that says... Seven WWE superstars in danger of missing WrestleMania 40. As we know, I I mean, you figure there's going to be 16 matches, maybe eight each night. Um, They do the best they can to get everybody they can, but there's always some big names. Um, These are seven names that I came up with that, or that they came up with that are in danger of missing WrestleMania 40. Um, so the first thing they have, Kevin Owens. Right now, he's in a feud with Logan Paul. It's very unlikely that this feud carries all the way to WrestleMania. Um, they'll probably find another suitor for a matchup against Logan Paul. Uh, expected it to be L. It's expected that it's going to be L. A. Knight. So there's a possibility that we don't see Kevin Owens. Next one they mentioned was one of the losers in the um, Fatal Four Way at Royal Rumble in AJ Styles. Right now, once again, they're looking like we have a matchup with L. A. Knight against Logan Paul. They're moving on from these guys against Roman Reigns. 
Where does AJ Styles fit into WrestleMania? Another one um, is the returning Liv Morgan. Where does she fit in? Is there a possibility she came back at Royal Rumble and we really don't see her again until after WrestleMania? Shinsuke Nakamura. He had that feud going on with Cody Rhodes. Um, was he potentially going to help carry that storyline all the way to WrestleMania? Would we have gotten a Seth versus CM Punk, a Rock versus Roman Reigns, and a Nakamura versus Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania? We don't know. Next one they list is the biggest heel in or the biggest, the most hated wrestler in WWE right now. Dominic Mysterio. We don't know where Hiffin may he may be going. The last one they list. Oh, sorry, two more that they list. Um, this one I'm not a hundred percent convinced that she won't be at WrestleMania because I can see them putting her in a very big matchup. But they list Bianca Belair as being someone in danger of missing WrestleMania, I think they have a clear path to put her in a matchup with Jay Cargo. Um, and then the last one that they list is a gentleman that we talked about that it's kind of a shame that he's being lumped into this big clump of a storyline, and that's Bobby Lashley. Guys, of those seven that I just listed – which one, I mean, do you agree that of that list, Bianca Belair is the one that most likely has the easiest way to get to WrestleMania? And on this list, which one of these other superstars do you really feel bad for or do you really think they need to get this person in, in a WrestleMania matchup? I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind seeing a program with AJ Styles and Randy Orton and maybe putting something like that together. I mean, you still, got, you still got plenty of time. They have a little history together. So I wouldn't mind seeing AJ Styles and Randy Orton in a match at WrestleMania. Yeah. Definitely Styles. I think maybe Bobby Lashley, too. I, I feel like they could have something going with Lashley and... and Profits and all them. Yeah, I have to go Bobby or AJ, definitely. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think Bobby, after last year, um, I mean, he was being slated to be in a, in a work at program with Bray Wyatt, um, who then was injured. And then Bobby Lashley got the consolation prize of winning the Andre the Giant Battle Royal on SmackDown. Not even that, WrestleMania. So, you know, I mean, I could see them really needing to try and find a way to get him on this show. Um, but, I mean, I think a name that wasn't on that list was, was the name that Trib mentioned is Randy Orton. Right now, where where do we see the possibility of them getting a program for Randy Orton. I mean, I don't see anything in, in the pipeline. I mean, do we get a 
uh, a matchup of AJ Styles and Solo Sokoa. And I was you know, thinking maybe Randy and Solo. That was, you know, or, yeah, that's what I'm sorry, that's what I meant. Um, Randy Orton and Solo, or I don't know. I truly just don't un, don't know where they're going to be going with all that. Um, yeah, everything else. I mean, unfortunately, everything else there I have. All right. Um, yeah, I mean, everything else I have on here we kind of talked about. Um, so let's go back to this one. Um, for those of you that are living under a rock, um, as far as being WWE fans, a few weeks ago, Vince McMahon was, um, being accused of some sexual allegations, and it is now being stated that, um, Vince McMahon is under federal investigation for sexual misconduct. Um, it is being reported that there are other women coming forward saying that there were similar um, actions towards them. Um, nobody else has literally come out and said that they were kind of forced to have a threesome while Vince McMahon defecated on their face um, during said threesomes or anything like that. But I, I know TKO and Endeavor have slowly started to try and quote-unquote erase Vince McMahon from WWE. Um, I mean, Slim Jim, perfect example they were ready to end their partnership with WWE until um, Vince McMahon had, had uh, volunteered to resign. <sighs> Guys, how much jail time <laughs> can, I mean, what, what's, I mean, how bad of a look is this on WWE or is, can they kind of, save themselves and say, hey, you know, he's no longer here. Um, he's not with us. It was it was all his doing. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think about this? Well, it definitely will destroy the reputation of WWE. <clears throat> I also read somewhere along the line that Brock Lesnar has been removed from uh, WWE um like records and paid and rosters and, and stuff no. like that. No, but yeah, no. I mean, that has was... not happened. That has not no. happened. He's still oh. listed. Okay. He's been removed from creative plans. Okay. Yeah, but I think this is a this is a big black guy for WWE, and you know, as far as jail time goes, I don't know. Vince is probably looking at it an awful lot. I mean, the man's what almost eighty years old now. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to take a long time, a very, very, very long time for WWE to, you know, maybe try to get their reputation back. Yeah, it's very unfortunate because Vince McMahon is WWE. For as long as 
I can remember, you know, even we'll say senior, but it's been Vince McMahon there forever. So how do, how, you know, it's going to be almost impossible to not, you know, feel that. Um, and I think because Vince was, it's, it's, has been WWE forever. I don't see them ever fully recovering from it. I think forever they'll, maybe not all the time, but continue to go back to that. And that sucks. You know, that's horrible. Hopefully, hopefully things will get okay for WWE. We'll see. Okay. All right. Well, that's what I have for Nuggies News this afternoon um, or this morning. Trivia, what do you got coming up for any independent shows? Okay, I have uh, February 17th, New Age Wrestling will be emanating from the Mount Zion Baptist Church on 33 Oak Street in Springfield, Massachusetts. I know I mentioned Massachusetts because this is like New England area wrestling and you know, a lot of Connecticut fans go to shows in Massachusetts, so I mention those when they come from Massachusetts as well. And that's 33 Oak Street in Springfield, Mass. Tickets for VIP are $20. Kids, um, $5. Also, February 24th, PAPW, Paradise Alley Pro Wrestling, presents I Love Wrestling. Bell time at 7 p.m. That will be at the PAPW training facility at 662 Cole Avenue in East Haven, Connecticut. The tickets are $20 as well. And one of my favorite wrestling organizations that I used to watch when I lived in Pennsylvania, Big Time Wrestling, is coming to the Webster Town Hall in Webster, Massachusetts on March the 22nd. Scheduled on the card are WWE Hall of Famers Kurt Angle and Special Guest Commissioner Theodore R. Long. Some of the matches that they've signed are the uh, big-time wrestling champion Danny Miles will defend his title against Channing Thomas, a women's match featuring Amber Nola, and the main event, which is billed Bro versus Broski, as Matt Riddle will battle Matt Cardona. So that should be a pretty decent match for the BA, for the BTW fans in the Massachusetts area. Also scheduled to appear is Richard Holiday, James Ellsworth, Teddy Goods, and much more. So that big time wrestling, March 22nd, the Webster Theater in Webster, Massachusetts. You definitely want to check that out. And that's what I have for my indie report. And right now we're going to go to a new segment on the show that we're bringing up, that we're debuting today, called What If? And Mr. 24-7, it's your, it's your segment, so take it away. All right. So, yeah, What If? I called it. Now, hopefully it's something I can continue to come up with. We'll see. But let's, I figure we'll give it a whirl and see what we think. Basically, I'll ask you what if, blah, blah, blah. And I guess just what you think you mean, you know, what, how you're feeling about it. So the first one I got is what if WWE signed Sting a lot earlier? What do you think? How that could have been? Would you like it? Not like it? Could have been good. 
Um, I think it would have been good because I would have really liked to have seen Sting versus The Undertaker. And, I mean, he only had a handful of matches when he appeared in WWE. I only saw him on Monday Night Raw maybe once or twice, and I don't ever recall him wrestling on TV. Yeah. Um, But I, I think they should have signed him a bit earlier. Yeah, I think that would have made a big difference. Um, I, once again, just like trivia said, we would have we would have gotten that, you know, Undertaker Sting matchup, which they they were kind of possibly planning on doing. From what I've read, they they were planning on doing, but then when you know Sting got injured in that match with with uh, Seth Rollins, where he just I mean, it was just regular routine wrestling moves where he was concussed. Um, But, I mean, to kind of see what he's still doing now, years later in AEW, I I don't know. I mean, we could have still gotten that Sting-Undertaker match, but, you know, we will never know. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. We could have got some great feuds there. Maybe even a few championships out of them. Um, but yeah, we'll never know. The next one I got is, what if the WWE did not fire China? Wow. Right, you want to take this one um, first? Yeah, that one's, I mean, what, not that, I don't know that, how much in her career would have changed? Because uh, there wasn't really much more that she could have accomplished other than maybe really being pushed as a, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? As a, not a cross brand, but being able to intergender champion. You know, give her a real opportunity to at that point win the United States champion or the intercontinental champion and and really kind of break that barrier because other than that she really didn't have anything else to prove she was China so I don't know uh, once again other than trying out you know, being the, the groundbreaking organization that had a woman wrestler win a man's title, I don't know how much of a difference it would have made in her career. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, China was basically the, what I like to call the muscle behind DX. Uh, she was the first. Uh, she was the first female to win the Intercontinental Championship. Um. But, you know, her, her lifestyle kind of out of the ring kind of, you know, had something to do with it, I think, as well. And I really don't think it made much of a difference. But was, she made a, a big presence when she was in WWE. Yeah, definitely. I, all I put was domination for years. Yeah. You know, she would have just kept being on top for a while. Um, all right, the next one I got is what if John Cena became a heel? Huh, I think, see, I, I don't know which way to go with that. I think it would have kind of diminished his career a little bit because everybody's, you know, 
John Cena, the, the face of WWE, the all-time good guy. He, you know, did a lot of make-a-wishes and, you know, Ric Flair and tying Ric Flair's record as champion. And it would have been interesting to see if they gave him a heel run, how it would have went out, how it would have happened. But I don't think I could have ever gotten behind John Cena being a heel. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think if, and once again, this is what if he became a heel, I, I think it would have been bad for him and WWE. Um, it, it's not like with Hulk Hogan where they needed to do something because people were starting to get bored and tired of Hulk Hogan. So, therefore, they formed the NWO. John Cena, I mean, even now, he'll still get one of the loudest pops in any arena just for coming out. So, I, I, I think it would have been bad if WWE had turned him heel. Totally agree. I think he doesn't have the career he had. Um, next one I got. What if the Undertaker streak was snapped earlier? Who and when, if you can think, just or who? Who do you oh, think yes. should it have been? You know. Well, I think we can all agree it shouldn't have been Brock Lesnar when it happened. Um, I agree. And, and I mean, I guess one of the two I, I can turn to would be I think it's the easy one, and that would be Kane, just because the rivalry that they had. But uh, I'll go out of the box and say, you know what? I'll reflect back to your first one. What if Sting joined WWE earlier? Could he have been the one that ended the streak at lucky number 13? Yeah. Well, I, I think the one I think should have ended the streak uh, was either one of two. Either Triple H or Shawn Michaels. The Undertaker was quoted as saying Shawn Michaels gave him his two greatest WrestleMania matches and he came up short both times. You know, The Undertaker was like he was that close to snapping the streak. And I mean, I agree with Greg and we all agreed, you know, I don't think it should have been Brock Lesnar. I don't know why they had Brock Lesnar break the streak. Brock Lesnar was pretty well established as Shawn Michaels and everybody was back then. But Sting would have been a good a good choice too if they signed him earlier, like Greg said. But I would have I would have bet that it would have been either Triple H or Shawn Michaels that would have broke the streak. Yeah. Yeah, I mean they call Michaels Mr. WrestleMania. That would have been perfect. Um I threw in Edge, I think it was maybe Mania twenty four. That might have been alright. But Overall, it should never have been snapped, I think, yeah. at all. If I, they go I, that far, as yeah. far as 21, you should have just left it. But, yeah. Um, last one. What if the Montreal screw job never happened? That definitely would have changed Bret Hart um, staying with WWE because right after that, Bret Hart just kind of, you know, lost all respect for Vince McMahon and was kind of looking forward to getting out of the WWE 
after that happened, you know, there was a lot of people in on it. Um, I watched the match numerous times. You can definitely tell that there was no submission there. It was definitely a screwdriver, but it kind of kind of ruled. Um, the pills, yes. Because I don't know what my sugar is for breakfast. John Michaels Sorry. was, or Shawn Michaels said, well, I want to be the guy, you know, to carry that around with me for the rest of my life. And I don't, I think it would have been a big, a big difference if it, if it hadn't happened. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I, I mean, you know, Bret Hart's career in WWE, I mean, it didn't have to end, but it ended. Um, and that was due to, once again, like you said, Bret Hart's discontent, you know, hating Vince McMahon for doing that. Um, yeah, I think it, it, it changed the course of professional wrestling. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Definitely. Um, you know, I, I think one thing we can add, maybe uh, I, I know people didn't lose any that much respect for Shawn Michaels, but I think he still probably gets looked at sometimes as being part of screwing Bret Hart. So I think maybe, you know, he doesn't get looked at, at like that, you know, yeah. because the career he had, he, he shouldn't. So that was unfortunate. And maybe we get another couple championship runs out of Bret Hart, you know, so... But that was crazy to screw down. And recent wrestling into it, but you also went back to, to old school. Right. And I, like, I, I think that's going to be a weekly segment here on the show. Um, sure. DJ, good job with it. Uh, yeah, very good. Yeah, and I, you know, like I said, what I liked about it was he brought in some recent and some old school wrestling, you know, mentioning China, mentioning Sting, Bret Hart, which, which was really a... A good, a good segment, and I'm looking forward to, to hearing that segment each and every week here on the Top Rope Report. Absolutely. Cool. Cool. Yep. All right, so now we have NXT Vengeance Day coming up tonight. Yep. And I believe, I believe 7 p.m. On, on Peacock Network. Um, DJ made mention that I, you know, I, I knew it already, but it kind of didn't sink in until he mentioned it, that uh, Trick Williams has double duty tonight, so... That's what the winner gets. Yeah, so I can't see them having Braun Breaker and Baron Corbin win to go for the tag titles if Braun Breaker can be moved up to the main roster. Yeah. And one of the matches I'm looking forward to tonight is Roxanne Perez and Lyra Valkyria. I think that's going to be a tremendous match. I mean, Lyra defending the title, Roxanne Perez, a former champion, and that other... A champion, somebody that lost her title um, without ever being beaten. Yep. And uh, then another wackadoo there that 
Paxley or whatever the hell her name was. Tatum Paxley. I, yeah, Tatum Paxley. I, I think she's going to get involved somewhere. But that for me, that one's going to be a tough match to call. And um, there was another one. Uh, I can't remember what the other match was. I think well, there's only four matches. Nope, there's six. Obafemi, Obafemi defends his NXT North American title against Dragon Lee. Um, Dijak takes on Joe Gacy in a no disqualification match. And then the um, tag team match, well, sorry, the six-person mixed tag match, the family, um, Tony D'Angelo, Channing Stax, Lorenzo, and Adriana Rizzo. Um Taking on OTM, um, Lucian Price, Bronco Nima, and Jada Parker. Okay. And then the so, other yeah. the other matches that you stated: Baron Corbin and Braun Breaker taking on Carmelo Hayes and Chuck Williams, Lara Valkyria defending against Roxanne Perez, and Ilya Dragunov defending against Trick Williams. Uh, for you guys, which match do you think is going to be the better one? The, the one you guys would like to see the most? Tag match is going to be good. I like what Corbin's doing down there. Braun is Braun. That'll be great, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm also very, I mean, I don't know if it's going to be the best match, but the one of the other matches um, that's really piqued my interest is Ilya Dragunov. And Trick Williams, um, is this going to be the matchup where, once again, Carmelo Hayes injects somehow, causing Trick Williams to eventually lose and causing a little bit more disarray between the two of them? Um, or is it just straight up Ilya Dragunov's time to turn um, full-blown heel, which I really think he would be better at? Yep. So, but I think it's going to be a good card. Uh, it's in Tennessee, I believe. And, um, you know, they sometimes they have a lot of their shows, you know, in Florida, but they, they do travel for their pay-per-views. But I'm looking forward to, to seeing this, this card tonight and see what they, what they bring us with NXT. Because NXT has just got a lot of great talent and like you said, with Obafemi against Dragon League, I think if he's if it's played upright, that Obafemi could be a serious force to reckon with if he ever gets when he gets to NXT and if he gets to the main roster. So, but yeah, so I think it's going to be an interesting show. Um, we hope that uh, you guys got anything else. I mean, Greg, is there anything else going on for Elimination Chamber? No, there's nothing I mean, for Elimination Chamber. I mean, we still don't know who's going to be in it or how they're going to... If They're, they're obviously going to have qualifying matches to see who qualifies for Elimination Chamber. But, um, yeah, so, you know, like we said, Monday Night Raw tomorrow night with that fatal four-way, the winner of that tag match goes against Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate for a right to battle the Judgment Day for the tag team title. Yeah. So... Is there anything else you guys would like to add? No. No. All righty. 
Well, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. So on behalf of the Dumpster Greg and Mr. 24-7, this is the illustrious Mr. Trivia for the Top Rope Report saying thank you all for tuning in, and we'll catch you on Wednesday.